0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. He is our champion. He did what we couldn't do. But because he did it, we can do it too. Amen. And that rhymes, and that's not a rap. That's just <laughs> That just just sounds good, doesn't it? Amen. Well, good to see everyone here today. I got a great great message for you. Are you ready? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear great things from your word and how we can be overcomers, how we can triumph in all the things that we're doing. We thank you, Lord, for you are our champion, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, amen, amen, hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord today, is it not? Good to be with the body of believers. Good to be in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So today we're going to talk about believing God in the midst of bad situations, or better said, simply, put your faith in God. Praise the Lord. Now, do you remember when you were in high school, if you can remember that far back, maybe in college, where the teacher would give you what they call pop quizzes? How many of you like pop quizzes? Nobody, right? We have some teachers here, so I know they like to give pop quizzes because they want to find out. Are the students learning? Are they listening? Are they applying? Are they ready? The students aren't thinking that way. They're thinking, oh, we're just going to go and chill, have a good time, watch the guy teach and talk. But when they say, take out a piece of paper because you're going to have a pop quiz, well, that's not exciting, is it? But you know what? Life has a way of showing or giving you pop quizzes, does it not? You might not always be prepared for what's coming your way. Some seasoned saints can tell you, as they look back over the years, life has a way of bringing you some stuff that you didn't see coming, (laughs) some problems you did not prepare for, some fights that were not in your forecast. Life has a way of throwing a curve and catching you off guard. Can I get an amen? Oh, good. I'm in the right church. Praise God. (laughs) Life has a way of living through and going through things that you never thought you'd have to encounter. Life has a way of pushing you into some situations that you never thought a child of God would ever have to live through. Kids are acting funny. Money's acting funny. Your body's acting funny. What, what do I do? You, know? you have to overcome because st- no matter what you say, you're going through it, right? But let me give you some good news. You want some good news about that? No matter what you're facing, and no matter what you're trying to do or accomplish, issues uh, uh, that you weren't prepared for, fights that weren't in your forecast, and when you've been caught off guard, the questions and the tests come down to a multiple choice. I always like multiple choice because you can guess and maybe get one of them right, right? So (laughs) uh, here's the four solutions if you want to have a multiple choice one, you can try to handle it yourself. Two, you can call on family and friends, or now you can call Google, right? Three, ignore it completely, or four, trust in the promises of God. Praise God. Some issues that you really don't have uh, resources for uh, are the ones that you can't handle yourself. How can you handle some of these things by yourself? Family and friends don't always have the right answer. How many you know that? You go to ask them, oh, just divorce the guy, you know, just give up. Don't, don't bother with it, okay? Uh, just because you don't address it doesn't mean it it goes away. You can put it in a drawer somewhere, but the report is going to still be there. Or the correct answer is find a scripture that can help you with these situations. So when you find yourself where you can't handle it, when your family and friends can't give you any good advice, you can't run from it, guess where you turn? To the Lord. So uh, you know, when we were in school, we had to take pop quizzes from time to time. So we want to recreate that situation for you, just to give you a visual of, of, and, and remembrance. So uh, Brother Joe, if you could come, and, and, and Brother Richard, if you could set the stage here for our school. And we're going to give a Christian pop quiz to, these, uh, to someone out here in the audience. Praise the Lord. Go, you go on stage right there. Yes, right there, back it up a little bit and put the desk right there. All right, now uh, move it a little closer over, the, oh, there we go. Okay, now I need someone that's willing to take a pop quiz and I'm going to look around here and I'm going to pick out some, this gentleman right here, if you could please come up here. Yes, you, you Joe Machado, please come on up here. All right. A pop quiz, sir. You hate pop quizzes, well, <laughs> here you go, they, they want to hear your answer, so have a seat there. At your desk, praise the Lord, all right, have a seat, are you comfortable there? Welcome to the New Heart <laughs> School of Learning, all right, so uh, Joe, uh, take out a piece of paper <clears throat> and a pen,
1: oh, yeah. Okay,
0: just well, you just give us the answer. Okay, uh, are you are, do you like pop quizzes? No. Okay, he already gets two points off. Why, murmuring and complaining? You're not supposed to murmur. In everything, give thanks to the Lord. Okay, so he's off to a bad start already. Okay, so first question: You go to the doctor and you get a bad report about a blood test that you've taken. So four questions that we can look at are, one, uh, no, no, there's there's another uh, question. Keep going. Okay. Here's the answers, the multiple choice answers that you could take. Put the report away and forget about it. See how many people have died with this disease. Call your friends or family for advice or Google, or find
1: a scripture promising healing in your body oh, wow, I'd like to put it away and forget about it, yeah. you know? But, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee, you know, just relax. <laughs> and it would be good to see many people uh, died from this, and uh, I'd feel like I'm dying too. Oh, I don't know. I have time. I think I have time to... I don't think I have time to find scripture, uh, you know, promising healing. I would like to uh, contact my... Family and friends. You want to they phone probably a f- can help me. You want to phone a friend
0: on that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, you missed on that one because, you know, putting the report away doesn't mean it goes away, right? Yeah. See how many people have died. It just depresses you, discourages you, and you have no faith in that. Call family and friends. They don't know what to do, okay? They say, oh, I have a friend, you know, and they did this, they did But you don't know. They're not mm-hmm. doctors. The right answer is find a scripture promising Healing for your body. I'm sorry, Joe. You missed Uh, that one, but that's okay. we got two more for you, okay? Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, you get in an argument with your wife, and you go to your separate rooms and talk to God about it. Mm -hmm. When you come out, A, Mm -hmm. quote the scripture that wives should submit themselves to their husbands. (laughs) (laughs) And you can give her the scripture in Ephesians too. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think she'll like that. Remind her how her friend treats her husband. Amen. How nice she is to them, to her, to her husband. Don't talk to her until she repents and comes to you. Sounds good. Oh, that I, sounds I good hear to me. the. Wait a minute. Wait, I got one more. I got the. The women are kind of murmuring here. Uh, <laughs> I'm back up a little bit here. Okay. Or apologize and tell her you love her, even as Christ loved the church. Uh, I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, she's supposed to submit, and she could be a bit nicer, like her friend. Uh, come on, let's see. Oh, so I would just wait until the Holy Spirit convicts her, no matter how long it takes, until she comes. Until she comes to me.
0: Is that right? Is, is that right out there, audience? Is that? No. You could ask the audience uh, what they would choose. What would you what choose? What do you think? Four. Four. Right. Four, four. I apologize. <laughs> I tell her you love her. Okay, oh. the women have voted. <laughs> the Bible does say, wives submit to your husbands, but it also says, husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, right? You that are stronger bear the infirmities of the weak, Joe. Come on, I didn't know you're. have got to be paying more attention, okay? I apologize. Yeah. Apologize, yes. Even if, you're, if you feel like you're right, you still have to apologize. Yeah, oh, even if, oh, yeah, yeah, even... T- oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> the other, what was the other answer? Reminder about how her friend treats her husband. That's, that's dangerous right there. Very dangerous. Don't talk to her until she repents. That might be for forever. You know, that may never happen, okay? If you want to shorten the time... Number four is the correct answer. Apologize. Tell her you love her even as Christ loved the church. And all the women said amen. 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 All right. Now, you, got, you missed two, but you have a chance for one more. Okay? Good. good. You ready? An acquaintance borrows money from you and says he's not able to pay it back, even though he promised that he would. So your four multiple-choice questions or answers are take him to court, tell everybody what he did, <laughs> go take something from his house and sell it. <laughs> Some of you think that's a good idea, right? <laughs> Release him from there. his
1: debt and believe God will make it up to you. Joe, your answer? Uh, well, I, I could take him to court, but that would take too long, I think. Yeah, and I surely need to tell everybody about it so that, that he will feel bad about it. I want to make him feel really bad. Yeah. about it. Uh, and I think, well, I would need to go to... Uh, take something of equal value, and sell it. At least I'll get my money
2: back,
0: you know? Well, uh, that's one answer. Um, But again, wrong. Uh, You're supposed to not take your fellow Christians to court. How many of you know that, right? The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins, and you're not supposed to lend something to somebody and expect something in return. Just believe that God will make it up to you, okay? So uh, let's see, Joe. Um, You can't pay me back? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got them all wrong, you know. So my suggestion to you, Joe, Mm. is go back into the sanctuary, into the congregation here. Take your pen, a notepad, take notes, and maybe next time you'll do better. Okay, very good. (laughs) Thank you. That's okay. Thank you, Joe, for playing dumb for us. I appreciate that. He knew the right answer, right, Joe? But the question is, can you do the right answer, all right? Can you, husbands and wives, say you're sorry, apologize to the other person, even though you think you're right? We're always right, right? We always think we're right. Yeah, we're not wrong. How could we be wrong, right? Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, it's the doing that's the problem. Now, also in the Bible, it talks about three types of situations that we go through. There's tests, there's trials, and there's tribulations. Test is like a short-term, take a test, you know, it's like an hour, two hours, something like that. You know, like maybe you go to the market, and the checker over, uh, uh, undercharges you, and you get more money back, and there's the test. Do I want to tell the truth, or do I not? That's a test to see how you do. Then there's a trial. A trial goes on for a little bit of time, And it kind of wears you out a little bit, kind of like the O.J. trial. You know, it takes weeks or months. You know, it's going to end, but you never know when it's going to end. It just keeps on going and going and going. And uh, it's it's a trial, amen. And then there's a tribulation. The tribulation is you never know if it's ever going to end. Seems like you've been in this thing forever. You know, there's like the seven-year tribulation. Have you ever heard about that? Just like, and, and some of us have been in through tribulation times, or like for months. Uh, you, you're, you have a bad boss, or you have a bad neighbor, or you have a bad situation. Maybe financially you're in a bad situation, and it seems like you're never going to get out of it. But you have to believe God, amen? You have to believe in the promises of God and know that you're going to get through this, amen? And you trust in God because he's with you all the way. Now, some people say, well, I trust in God. I believe God. But what does faith look like? Have you ever asked that, that question? Well, let's have an example here. My wife's going to come up and read. Uh, I, I picked her because she's my favorite reader. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but um, she's been reading to me for 39 years. and i Here we go.
2: When I read to him, he falls asleep. <laughs> you're not supposed to say that. I'm sorry. I love you, babe.
0: You know what? We both fall asleep, actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the scripture is Luke 7, 1 through 10. Now, when Jesus concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went to them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord... Do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come. And he comes and to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick.
0: Good job. That was a good reading, huh? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, if you follow the story, we didn't have it up on the screen because there's so many uh, things, so many uh, scriptures, but uh, there was a Roman centurion. He was a soldier and he was over a hundred men. He was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew, but he helped the Jewish people build a synagogue. So he went to the rulers of the Jews and said, can you go talk to Jesus and have Jesus Come and heal my servant. Now, he didn't have to uh, pray for the servant. The Roman law is that they could just kill the servant. It's just just property. But he had a heart. This guy had a heart for his servant. Do you have hearts for people that are around you, people that need your attention? Or or are you just cold and just walk by them? Or you find someone in need, do you shut up your, your bowels of mercy? Or do you actually reach out and do something that can help them? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let that sit. There's a lot of people out there that need help. Amen? God has blessed us and brought us to a place where we can actually help others. So he did that, and he did something else. He helped them build a synagogue. Even though he wasn't of the Christian faith or the Jewish faith, he saw that they were reverencing God, and he wanted to reverence God too as well. So uh, the elders came, and they begged earnestly to, for Jesus to come. Why do they have to beg? Because he was a Gentile. Jesus was sent to the Jews, but they said, could you do us a favor? Amen. Could you help this man? Because he was uh, worthy. The Bible says he was worthy. Are you worthy of some of the blessings that God has given to you? No, I don't think so. Sometimes our, our requests are bigger than our, uh, uh, our actions. Amen. Amen. Have you ever sinned, and then now you wanted God to come and help you? He, The, the, the centurion said, I'm not worthy. They said he's deserving. He says, I'm not worthy. What's, what's the disparity here? He says, I did a lot of good things, but, you know, I got a lot of things in the closet, too, you know, that people don't know about. Can I get an amen out there, anybody? Amen. <laughs> but God, what his mercies are new every morning. He washes over our sins. Amen. The Bible says that he... He showers us with blessings and mercies that we don't deserve. So the, the elders came not to debate doctrine, not to accuse him of false teaching, not even to argue about whether he is the Messiah. They need him to come and help this man who loved the nation. Praise the Lord. Amen. So side note, so, so what, what was happening was his works went before him. The, the works of the Roman centurion. He had love for his servants. He had love for the nation of Israel. His works went before him, and God, and Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Praise the Lord. Now, side note, like I said, this is a beautiful church that we're in. Wouldn't you say it's nicely decorated? It's in a nice part of town. You know, it's clean. Everything is nice and good. And you might say, Pastor Chuck, how did you guys get here? Did you, like, get a building fund and procure a lot of money from the congregation and pull from them? <laughs> did, you, did you get a loan and did you find a way, you know, to, to uh, subsidize all this? Or, or did you have to draw, go to the city and draw? No, you know what happened? I was faithful to the Foursquare authorities. I was faithful in serving God and I was doing the best that I could in where I was at. And God recognized it. So when I went to the area uh, um, pastor's meeting, I did whatever they asked me to do. I was faithful. I was under authority. Come on, talk to me. People don't like to be under authority. Bless God, I'll just do it my way. You know, they want me to do this. I don't want to do it that way. I'll do it my way. (laughs) No, under authority. He said, I'm under authority so I can, I know what it is to give authority. And Jesus, I know you have authority over sin, sickness, and disease. So he was recognizing the authority that Jesus had. And so when we come under authority, you know, you just can't do anything that you want to do as a Christian. Come on, talk to me. Uh, You know, well, the Lord will forgive me. He knows my heart, you know. So I curse that person out. You know, it's all forgotten. It's all forgiven. Okay, I have a sin, but, you know, I'm working on it. God will help me. He needs you to get rid of it. Don't work on it. Amen. (laughs) Cut it off. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I went to, to all the pastors' meetings. I was kind to all the pastors. I was helping them as much as I could. And so at one point, one of the pastors, I asked him, can we come to your facility and rent it out you know, at noon? He said, yeah, that'd be fine. And so we came in here. We were here for about a, a year and a half. And he said, you know what? Your church is growing faster than us. I see you're taking care of it better than we are. So here are the keys. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's as easy as it was. We went out looking, you know, at buildings. Oh, we can, we can change this figuration and make it look like a church. But here we had a church already prepared for us. And so when the area pastor went to present it to the board, the four-square board, he said, this man has been faithful. He's been under authority. His wife helps him. His son helps him. They have a good unity here. And the board said, check, yeah, give it to them. Now, the funny thing is there's other pastors in the area that they could have given it to. Actually, there's two other pastors that were on staff here at one time in past years that they passed them by. Why? Because the Lord prepared a place for us. And he blessed us because of our faithfulness and responding to his authority. Put that in your own life. You know, even when you're on a job, if you do what the bosses say, they promote you, they bless you, they, uh, you know, give you raises. Praise the Lord. My son gets a lot of raises on his job, staggering amount of raises. He was only there six months, he got a big raise. I go, like, he goes, I don't even know why they do that. Because you're faithful, because you have a knowledge and you're submitted to authority. And that's how you can be. Amen? Amen? So the centurion says, I had a good life, I've been helping the Jews. I need to call in a favor. Now, the Romans in that time are not the Italians that we have in this time, because what happened was there were some other nations that came in and conquered the Romans, so it was mixed in. It wasn't pure Italians, but they do have some of the traits, and if I could tell you one of the traits the Italians have is when you do someone a favor, you go back to them and say, you know, uh, I need a favor. I've helped you out, and I need you to help me out. And I still have a little bit of that in me, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because I always want, okay, did you remember when I did this for you? Praise God. So um, they went to him and asked him if he would come and heal his servant. He didn't have to do that, but Jesus did. So uh, he was so revered, I think the Roman centurion had a plaque in the synagogue. You know, this guy donated the synagogue to us. No names. You know, no name, a lot of no names in the Bible. You, know, you don't even know who that guy's name is. So, <laughs> check this out. When Jesus starts to come to the house, and when he gets close, the centurion sends some people out. You don't have to come in. You could stop right there. Don't bother coming in because a Jewish person going into a Gentile house would be considered unclean. Can, can you imagine the prejudice? The Jewish people thought they were all that. And a bag of chips, amen? Don't talk to me. I'm of the Jewish nation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We can't be that either as Christians, can we? Oh, I'm a Christian, so you're not not a Christian? Well, (laughs) no, you can't. You have to be kind and loving, amen? Help them, praise God. So the centurion says, you don't have to come to my house. I don't want to embarrass you. Just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus turns around and says, men, I have not seen such great faith. He called it great faith. Why was it great faith? Because he recognized that Jesus had authority over every situation that you're facing. Sin, sickness, disease, uh, bad relationships. You know, Jesus can, can take care of bad relationships. Oh, I know you guys got some situations you think, I don't think that'll ever change. Oh, yeah, it can change. He is the prince of peace. When he comes on the scene, he causes peace between husbands and wives, causes peace between fathers and sons and and children and bosses. Yes, he can, praise the Lord. So faith, what does faith look like? It's a lifestyle. It's how you conduct your life. It's how you go through the situations that you're facing. And your children are watching you. Your fellow uh, workers are watching you. Your family's watching you. And so you have to portray and show the love of God to everyone around you. Amen? You understanding that? Okay. (laughs) So they said that the centurion was deserving. He said, no, I'm not deserving. Sometimes we have problems that are greater than what we deserve. That we need the answers greater than what we deserve. Amen? Now, there's different kinds of faith. I want to tell you that. There's different kinds of faith. There's faith for salvation, faith for healing, faith for finances, faith for, for peace. In fact, that's why God gave different names uh, to associate with who he was. Let's look at them. Uh, there's Jehovah Rapha, our healer. I am the Lord that healeth thee. In Exodus, when Moses was in the wilderness, he said, I am the Lord that heals you. And what happened? They went through the wilderness. They didn't have any sickness or disease the whole 40 years that they were there. How How could that be? The Lord is their healer, and he's our healer today. The Lord is our banner. His banner over us is love. That means, don't touch this. This is my anointed. You know, people come against us, people come against you, and they, 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 they don't do well because they're coming against God's people. His banner over us is love. Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is present. He's present with you no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're facing, right? How, the Lord is with me. How does that scripture go? Psalms 23. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't care what I'm going through. God, you're with me. You're going to take me through this situation. Amen? I can remember the times when it didn't look good. I remember the times when I we were in that community center, and we had those hardwood floors, and we'd be walking, and you could hear people walking, and they have the mirrors there watching us. Amen? You couldn't do anything <laughs> without people knowing. And Marianne's brother called it the Church of the Rehab. <laughs> because we had, we had people from, uh, that were blind. We had people that uh, were mentally uh, not capable of doing things. In fact, we had one girl that was over the PowerPoint or the screen for the, for the words. And, and we asked her, how come you're so, you delay after, you know, the song is kind of like moving on? She goes, well, I can't read. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can't read? You can't read? Well, no, no wonder. Okay, but the Lord is present with you. The, Jehovah Sikkenu, the Lord our righteousness. It's not our righteousness, it's his righteousness. Amen? Amen? So when you don't feel worthy, just say, Lord, could you help me? Could you put in me your spirit, your love? Amen. I know you love me with an everlasting love. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that the Lord loves us. Sometimes we don't even love ourselves. Lord, you know what I did. You know, I messed up again. I remember when I was first saved, we used to have communion, and they said, okay, examine yourself to see how you're living. And every Sunday, every month, I go, oh, Lord, I didn't do so good this month, but, you know, next month, I'm going to do better, so help me. Then the next month came, well, you know, Lord, I did better, but, you know, still I needed your help. But he is our righteousness. Praise the Lord. He is our peace. The next slide. He is our peace. The peace that passes all understanding guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He is our, the Bible says what? He will, give, he will give you perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, the Prince of Peace. So if you're having trouble sleeping at night, if you're having trouble like being worried about situations, let the peace of God come upon you, right? And the peace comes when you present your sacrifices and your requests known unto him. Praise God. He is our provider. Oh, yes, I like that scripture. Amen and Amen. Because sometimes we can outspend our, our, uh, our paycheck. <laughs> you know, they say you get to the end of the month and you, you, don't have, you have more month than you have paycheck. You go like, I, I, I can remember when I was first saved, when we first got saved, my wife wasn't working. And, uh, you know, we just kept a, a lifestyle or that we wanted to, you know, do things. And so I would have to borrow money at the end of the week, end of the month, every month. I'd say, can you write me a check for $500, and I'll write you a check. And then at the end, when I get paid, I'll reimburse you, and then that will be fine. I did that for months. Why? I had to catch up. I had to get my believer in. I had to believe that God was my provider. And as I did that, wow, he started flooding me with his provision. Once you tap into who he is, he is a provider. He wants to give to you. You know, a father always wants to give to their son. Always wants to make sure that they're doing. My father used to always say to me, "Do you need anything?" I go, "No, I don't. I don't need anything. I'm good. Thanks, Pop." And, and but he was instrumental in helping us get to our house that we have right now. And then I was talking to uh, Piero's uh, parents from Italy. They helped them also with their house. Why a father wants to give to his kids? How much more does God want to give good things to those that love Him? Amen. Amen. I didn't get a good. Amen. Amen? 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 Tap in, tap in, tap in. The provider is there for you. Amen. Amen? Jehovah Raha, the Lord, our shepherd. He shepherds us. He guides us. He directs us. He shows us the way to go. We don't know which way to go, do we? No, we'd be wandering around saying, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? Uh, how can I overcome this situation? Let me show you, son. Let me take you by the hand and watch over you. I will guide you with my eye, the Bible says. He's watching us. He's guiding us. He is our shepherd. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, like I said, sometimes we feel like we're not good enough. But in Hebrews 4.14, it says, "Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confessions. Don't give up saying what we believe God is going to do. And sometimes it takes time to, to etch it into our hearts. You have to keep saying the word until it comes to pass. And you say, I'm tired of saying it. You have to keep saying it. You have to keep believing because faith comes by hearing and speaking. And as you do it, it happens in your life. For look at this about Jesus. For we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. He said, no, I know, I know son. I know, daughter. You're not, you're not all the way there yet, but keep coming. You know, when a baby is walking, you don't get mad of it when it falls, do you? Now, come on, baby. Start, you know, walk, start walking. Quit, quit falling, you know. No, you keep waiting. When they keep pooping in their, in their uh, diaper, you don't say, like, okay, that's enough, okay? You're one and a half. Let's go. Let's come on. And my mom used to say, they'll, they'll get over it. You don't have to keep talking to them. They'll get over it. They'll finally figure it out. Praise the Lord. So we have a high priest who cannot sympathize, who can sympathize with our weaknesses and was in all points tempted as we are. He knows how it feels like to feel that pressure, that temptation that comes. But he said, I've overcome and then it says here, because of all that, in Hebrews 4, 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. How do we come? Boldly. Meekly. Oh, Lord, I, I just hope that you'll receive me. No. No, Lord, come boldly into the throne of grace, right? That we may obtain mercy. First thing you need is mercy. You can't come in there, you know, hey, I'm here. No. <laughs> Merciful, humble. Lord, I'm here. Thank you for your mercies and grace to help in time of need. You First you get the mercy, then you get the power, the strength, the ability in time of need. And that translation, if you look at it, it means coming in the nick of time. He comes just when you need him. Praise the Lord. And the more you're in line with him, the faster it comes. In fact, the Bible says what? He knows what you need before you even ask. Oh, come on. How many times have you been in life, and a blessing would come your way, or what you need in provision, or whatever—a job, a car, uh, whatever—before you even ask, people come and say, "Oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that?" Oh yeah, praise the Lord, Amen. That's what I was looking for, Amen. Uh, Brother Richard, he has a a, a ministry where he gets uh, uh, products from a company, and somebody uh, had a wheelchair. Not a wheelchair. Uh, What do they call that? Um, No, what is that? A wheelchair. But, is that what they call it, a wheelchair? Well, the reason why I hesitated, because there was a problem. It didn't have any wheels on the wheelchair, right? So it was just a chair. (laughs) Yeah, the old one. So he was believing God, and guess what? He didn't even ask anybody. It popped up. He said, Richard, could you use this wheelchair? No, I can't, but I can give it to somebody. And there was a bike that they were giving to him too, and he gave it to somebody that was at the, his facility where he lives. And, and what's happening? What, he knows what you need before you ask. Get in line with his authority. Get in, be faithful in what you're doing and watch God provide. Amen? It's not hard for him to provide. He's there to help you. Praise God. Now, Here's, here's, here's the real trick in this. You, so uh, let's look. Can we go back to the uh, the original Luke 7? Oh, that's not even in there. Uh, let me read it to you. So Jesus said, man, I haven't seen such faith in all of Israel. All the people I've been preaching to, they, they don't get this. They don't get that I have authority and that they can operate in the authority that I've given. I have not seen such great faith. Now, what was the faith? To believe that he was able to do it just by speaking it. He says, speak the word only, and I shall be healed. But what's missing from that? He never said a word. He just said, go to your house, and your servant will be healed. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Do you get this? The word was already spoken in Psalms one hundred Let's look at that. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. It's already out there. By his stripes, you were healed. You don't need a prayer cloth. You don't need to go to somebody to lay hands on you, although you can do that. You, you don't need a prayer group to agree with you. Just receive your healing. And that's what Jesus called great faith. Well, that's a little extreme, someone would say. That's a, that's a little... Uh, uh, kind of ultimate. But Jesus said, that's what you wanted. That's what I want you to do so that you can have great faith. Praise the Lord. How many of you want great faith? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So this was, a, this was a lesson. This was a story of what Jesus said. I have not seen such great faith in all of Covina that you all <laughs> believe me for what I've given to you. Praise God. So he spoke in his word And he has healed. He's spoken his word, and he has brought provision. He's spoken his word, and he's brought peace. So let me pray over you. Father, thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Thank you that you are our provision. You are our healer. You're everything that we need, Father. You've already given it to us. So we thank you that we can receive it from you. We thank you that we can glory in it. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.